Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Meghla Bhardwaj, and today we are talking to Farah Zaidi from Brunei, who is the winner of our very first Spark Ecom Scholarship. Hi, Farah. How are you doing today? Hi, Meghla. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well as well. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, we've, uh, you know, talked a couple of times on Zoom and I've heard about your story and what inspires you, but I'm really excited for you to share with everybody, um, you know, what what your e-commerce story is, your personal story and uh, how you're planning to, um, you know, utilize all that you've got with the e-commerce uh, scholarship. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for, for people who are not aware of what Spark Ecom Scholarship is, let me just quickly give an overview. So this is a $2,000 scholarship that we gave to, uh, that we offered to basically sellers from all around the world uh, last year. And uh, we asked sellers to send in a video telling us why they should receive this scholarship. And Farah's video was super creative, very innovative. And and um, uh, yeah, all of the judges immediately chose Farah as the winner when we saw her video. And so uh, with this scholarship, uh, what the winner gets is basically access to a two-day training course worth almost $1,000 from Jason Tay. And uh, apart from that, also free access to Helium 10 for uh, seven months. And then a lot of different training sessions, coaching sessions with uh, with Jason, with me, with Margaret, and with a lot of other uh, e-commerce experts as well. So basically, we want to support one person uh, to start their e-commerce business. And Farah is the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Farah, let's start from the beginning, you know, do you want to tell us about yourself and your background? Where do you live? Where do you work? What have you studied? Like, tell us about yourself. Yeah, okay, I would love to. Okay, so um, I was born and raised in Brunei. Um, Brunei is basically a small country that is situated on Borneo Island. And it's a two hours flight from Singapore for for those who uh, don't know where Brunei is. Um, It I have been in pharmaceutical sales for about five years now. I have been promoting and selling, you know, um, medication drugs such as um, drugs for stroke, anti-diabetic, cardiovascular drugs, and, you know, to name a few. Um, Before that, I was doing my undergrad studying biotechnology um, in university in the States. And um, yeah, that's just a little bit about uh, my background. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so, you know, tell us about your childhood as well, because in your video, it was very interesting. You said that you were used to actually paint stones and sell them to your classmate and also, you know, draw cartoons and sell them to to your classmates as well. So what was that all about? And I mean, did you sort of have this entrepreneurial spirit in you right, you know, in, in your childhood as well? Okay, yeah, Um, a good question. So my parents uh, used to own a store that um, rented, you know, those uh, huge VCRs and DVDs. And, um, you know, um, as time, you know, passed, they were uh, selling video games and, you know, um, things like that. So I, you know, as a child, I used to spend a lot of time um, at the store you know, um, especially like after school or even during the weekends, I would, you know, um, come over to the store while my parents work. I, I would, 
I would be playing games usually, you know, because we have like some PlayStation and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I was in an environment where there's a lot of buying and selling involved, you know, being around like customers. So like, I, I guess I wanted to, you know, uh, venture into my own little business gigs from there. So I started out, um, you know, doing just simple things like collecting rocks outside of my house. Um, and, you know, um, I would paint them, uh, you know, dif different colors with like, you know, the spray aerosols or even like uh, uh, paint brushes. Like I would use like all sorts of different colors, you know, but I, I realized that using uh, spray paints was the most, you know, efficient way of just spraying the rocks and making it look really nice. So I did that and I brought it to school and sold them for a dollar. And then um, I realized that I I, you know, I, I brought my brother into this little business as well and asked him to, you know, help out with the selling as well. So I was, you know, pretty much the person who was uh, preparing the rocks to be colored. And then he would be the one going around selling rocks to his friends for like a dollar. So we, we made a little bit of a good money from there. <laughs> <laughs> that is very creative indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what about cartoons? You were drawing cartoons too? Yes. So I was a huge anime fan and I love cartoons. And um, I used to draw a lot of like animes and not just anime, just like, um, you know, famous cartoons back then, like Powerpuff Girls or even Lilo, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, you know, things like that. And just creating my own storylines and then just, you know, rent, the, rent the, the comic books to my friends for like 50 cents or something or 20 cents for my friends as a uh, discounted price. <laughs> Already offering yeah. promotions and offers, right? <laughs> Um, I did delve into garage sales as well as a child. I used to have, um, you know, um, you know, as you grow older, obviously there's going to be like some toys that you don't play around with anymore. So what I used to do is like, I would, you know, take out all my old toys together with my brother's old toys that he don't, uh, he doesn't want. I would bring them, collect them together. And we, we would, you know, um, you know, <laughs> have like a little garage sale outside of our house and our neighbors would like walk past and like, um, you know, buy one or two, maybe out of pity, but you know, at least it, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I think we only sold two, two items that, uh, that day. <laughs> <laughs> and were your parents supportive of, uh, you know, these ventures? Yes, they were really supportive. Um, they were really supportive because um, I, I remember uh, my dad used to, you know, he used to um, import a few keychains just to put outside his store. So he would give me some, you know, maybe like uh, maybe 30 keychains. <clears throat> and this was like Lilo and Stitch keychains. And I used to sell them at school and it worked so much better by selling at school than selling at a store. So, <laughs> so we we're just like experimenting, you know, selling at different location. And um, I was having a lot of fun with it. Mm. <laughs> Right. And then you also won a scholarship, right? I mean, when you uh, were, was that for your undergrad or what was the scholarship for? Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So it was for my undergrad degree. Um, I did my O-level and A-level exams in Brunei. And then after that, I applied and was granted a full scholarship from the Brunei government to study um, biotechnology um, undergrad degree in the States um, at University of California, Davis. 
Um, I'm very grateful and appreciative of the, of the experience because, you know, not only was I able to um, obtain, you know, a good education, but I was able to, you know, just experience, um, you know, life there a little bit. You know, um, I, I, my school was really close to Silicon Valley. You know, so, you know, it's it's the hub of like science and technology. You know, you're within reach of Facebook, Google and all these like innovative um, companies. So I felt there's this different energy that's out there. And, you know, being being exposed to all these sorts of plethora of, of opportunities made me open my eyes to think, wow, there's, you know, there's a bigger world out there than just what we know. We just need to, you know, spend some time to look for these things. And during my time there, I was able to, you know, grab as, you know, many opportunities as I can. I, um, I got involved in, you know, um, things that I, that I'm passionate about, like, I was involved in the Women Honor Society group where we do a lot of volunteering for like, you know, homeless communities. And um, I was able to also secure a few uh, lab internships. I dipped my toes into um, volunteering activities for, um, you know, like small startups and things like that. So it was really a lot of um, fun. It was a lot of, um, you know, um, new experiences. It was a good learning curve as well. So I was hoping, you know, this is something that I can do as well with, you know, selling on Amazon. Mm. Right. So you've won two scholarships. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> so far, yes. So far, yeah. So far. <laughs> awesome. So how did you discover e-commerce? I mean, you, uh, of course, you, you sell on Amazon or you're trying to sell on Amazon, but you're also doing Instagram and you've got a little channel with your cute kitty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about your Instagram and how did you discover social media and e-commerce? Um, so how did I discover e-commerce? So first of all, it went back to um, how I was feeling or basically what was my perspective of life at that time. So, you know, after working for like a nine to five um, corporate job for about, you know, four to five years, you know, for me, life feels stagnant at some point. And, you know, um, I was desperate for like a new calling or new purpose. You know, it, it got to the point where um, I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking like, is this, is this there all there is? Because I felt like I was living on an autopilot you know like everything's the mm -hmm. same you know you're doing the same tasks you're talking about the same thing over and over again like you know you, you just want something you know some magic into your, your life right so that's when I realized I need something new and I needed something fresh so um, prior to this e-commerce venture I was actually planning to study my master's um, in environment in Australia last year like pre-COVID Mm -hmm. So, but because of COVID, I decided to withdraw from the program because I did not think that it was worth the, you know, um, the time and effort and energy to do, uh, you know, to um, study that kind of field in this time because mm -hmm. of the current situation, you know, a lot of times when you're involved in environmental degrees, like it's best to be there in person because you're dealing with the environment, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so then, um, so after I withdrew, I was lost, but I knew that I could find something to replace that, you know, that gap, right? 
So I started to look on the internet to see what are the viable options that I could do to um, use my time wisely and learn something new, something fresh. And then I stumbled upon, you know, the internet and um, I uh, YouTubed, you know, how to make money or something online. (laughs) And I uh, saw, you know, a lot of videos on Amazon FBA and I was like, what is this all about? So I did did a lot of research to make sure that this is like a legit, you know, uh, business model. And um, after doing my due diligence and watching a lot of, you know, Jason Tay videos and and knowing that he was affiliated with Amazon um, Singapore that time, then I realized, okay, like, you know, I'm sold. Like, this is legit. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not a scam. I know that this is, um, you know, um, a real thing that people do. So that's when I decided, okay, um, yeah, I started researching, you know, what Amazon FBA was about. I, you know, it's still, it's still a steep learning curve, you know, everything. I don't know all that there is, but I'm really excited um, to be part of the journey. And that's when I started to create a few IG accounts because I wanted to polish my um, marketing skills in terms of using social media platforms like I, uh, Instagram or Facebook. So, um, you know, I'm already like, uh, you know, creating content for my cat. I decided to just put in more effort and energy into, you know, choosing what are the um, right theme or right colors for my, for my kitty Instagram and, you know, how do I, um, <laughs> Uh, how do I make a living out of this at, at some point or how do I, you know, um, make her an influencer basically, <laughs> you know, so I created um, a few like content for her. It, it does take some time, but, um, you know, I was able to, you know, um, grab some of the things that I learned from, you know, um, YouTube and apply that in um, some of the social media platforms that I created. Mm. Right. And you also did a bit of e-commerce by selling used clothes, right? Yeah. So um, because it's, you know, because it's COVID and like, you know, you can't really go out shopping. Um, I I decided to, you know, me and my mom, actually, we decided to just sell some of our old clothes because we just didn't need too, too many clothes in the wardrobe, you know. So I decided to create a, you know, thrift shop online mm-hmm. and um what I noticed about the uh, Brunei thrift clothes market was that a lot of people just post things, but they don't make a lot of effort marketing it. They just take a picture of it, like, you know, like, like in low, like poor lighting and then just take a picture of it and then post it there. And I realized maybe if, you know, if you were to put a little bit more effort, maybe, you know, to make it look nice and presentable, people will, you know, buy um, your clothes, even though it's just regular clothes, <laughs> even though if it's just thrift clothes. So I've got a lot of buyers um, buying my clothes and my mom's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So you've gone yeah. from selling stones to cartoons to keychains and now clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really That's fun. Cool. Yeah. And so tell us what is the e-commerce situation like in Brunei? I mean, are there any e-commerce websites that are popular? there and you know do people you know like to shop online and is e-commerce growing there just like it is in other countries Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question so um e-commerce is very very new in brunei 
Um, people do go online to buy and sell things, but it's um, they usually buy and sell things on Facebook and um, Instagram because that's where the bulk of the um, traffic um, are. So um, there's actually a few e-commerce websites in Brunei, but they're not fully optimized or not a lot of people know about these um, e-commerce websites. So that, that's one thing um, right there. I think the idea is there, but, um, you know, there's maybe not a lot of support um, from, you know, um, relevant stakeholders to make sure they can, you know, really... Um, you know, take off basically because the bulk of the uh, population still shop and buy things on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, not a lot of people like change, you know, and um, I think if, if you wanted to create an e-commerce website and get people to buy from there, there's going to be a, you're going to need to do a lot of marketing to make sure people know about this website and things like that. Um, Just like how, you know, Amazon Singapore is currently like trying to attract sellers there, you know, putting a lot of energy and effort into, you know, their um, uh, program, seller program and all that stuff. So I think if, you know, um, the Brunei market is able to do that and I, I think it would be okay. Um, the other thing is um, Brunei, Bruneians are definitely tech savvy. Like I, my grandma uses, you know, WhatsApp and like she mm. watches things on YouTube. It's just that I think there's just not... Um, uh, proper direction or guidance to make sure that you know e-commerce can actually um, uh, set a good foundation basically mm. right well I guess you are gonna change that pretty soon <laughs> well we'll see but I hope so I mean that would be exciting <laughs> yeah so um, what exactly appeals to you uh, about e-commerce what is it about this whole business of e-commerce and Amazon FBA that is attractive to you and appeals to you. Okay. So I think number one, it's just the idea of selling things online without touching the product and you could be selling things in another country. So that itself, it's already attractive enough for me. The idea seems to be alien, you know, like maybe um, 10 years ago, but it's, it's doable. It's feasible. So that's, you know, that's, I'm pretty sure, you know, if you pitch the idea to anyone, they would be willing to like um, delve into this kind of business venture. Um, the second thing about Amazon FBA, I think uh, what attracted me um, the most would be, you know, being able to work remotely and the flexibility of it is very important to me um, because currently I'm working, you know, as a um, pharma- pharmaceutical salesperson who is, you know, always out like doing calls and like I, I'm, my time is pretty flexible as well. Like I am able to, you know, uh, schedule my time according to my client's availability. Um, so, you know, like if I wanted to move to another career, I think flexibility would be one of the things that is my top priority. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the idea that you can sell anything from anywhere Why is not? <laughs> pretty exciting. Yeah. And without even touching the product, right? I mean, that is just so incredible. And sometimes yeah. it just seems like a scam, like not legit. Like, I know. How's, how's that even possible? <laughs> but it is. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly. incredible. So um, you, you put a lot of effort to create that Spark video. And, um, you know, for, for all of you listening 
if you do want to check out the video, go into the Asian Seller Facebook group. You'll be able to see Farah's video over there. So what was your motivation to create that video, put in so much effort into it, you know, yeah. to, to get this scholarship? What was your kind of motivation? And of course, we have to thank your brother, too, because yes. he contributed a lot <laughs> to that video as well, right? So yes. tell us about, first of all, the whole process of making the video. And then what were you thinking at that time? And yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, I was just thinking about this myself, like what push or like what took over my body and like, you know, uh, what took over me basically to create yeah. all this video and like, um, how, how did, did how did it come about? So I think, you know, I have always been that person to have this mantra and my mantra is all or nothing. You know, like it's all or nothing for me. It, and I apply this in every aspect of my life, like relationships or career or even, you know, an idea or something. For, for me, I always, you know, um, try to do the best that I can. Um, I don't know, maybe that's just an overachiever kind of trait. <laughs> it can be tiring sometimes, but I can't help it. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, so basically that was what, you know, uh, I guess, um, drove me to start making the video. Um, so I, um, the whole process of making the video took about a week or less than a week, maybe five days. Um, I took one whole day to brainstorm what kind of message I wanted to portray. And um, I was basically trying to get in tune with my emotions and how I feel about, you know, e-commerce business. So I was trying to see how I can translate that into, you know, something visual, like on it on a video. So I decided to, you know, visualize like, okay, like, you know, like, um, like at the mountain, looking at the mountain, because like, it's, you know, every time you look like at the mountain, you feel, you know, inspired, right? Because I don't know, nature just does that to you. So I decided um, I wanted to involve nature, I wanted to involve, um, you know, and uh, some sort of um, vibe. So I wanted like an energetic, you know, um, inspiring, driven kind of vibe. So I thought, okay, maybe I could do a few of some of my workouts that I, um, you know, I, 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 I do like in my uh, weekly basis, right? So then I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna do a few of these, you know, stunts or something. And I decided, okay, I can't do this alone. So I need to loop in my brother. <laughs> he almost didn't make it. <laughs> But then um, I managed to, you know, uh, talk to him and I said, you know, I'm going to like, you know, bring you out to eat and stuff. So um, <laughs> that always works, right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, OK, fine. So, um, you know, after brainstorming and planning, we decided to go, uh, you know, uh, out on the field to like shoot some videos. Right. So the first day we went to the park and uh, shoot some uh, shoot some videos of like the river, you know, just I wanted to show a little bit of my identity as well, you know, like who, who I am and like where I came from, right? Um, this, the second day, I, yeah, we, we went to, we, we basically went to the jungle. <laughs> and um, it's actually like a new hiking path that they created last year. So it's like a new, um, new pathway and that place is really popular with hikers but because it was the new years uh, there's not a lot of people at that time so we pretty much had the entire pathway like all to ourselves which was nice <laughs> um, 
for that, we woke up really early. Um, we woke up at like 5 a.m., um, had some breakfast, and then went to the jungle to shoot some videos. The whole time I was, I was telling my brother, you know, you're, you're going to lose a lot of weight, so don't worry. He's <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, yeah, we were having a lot of fun uh, creating the video. So after two days of shooting, came back home. I didn't know what to expect um, in regards to editing. I literally just, you know, um, started to go on YouTube and try to find out. So how do you actually edit a video? <laughs> because I had no idea. So I this had no was the idea. first time you're actually editing a it, video. It was the first time that I was going to edit a video. So um, I didn't know how hard it was going to be or, you know, how time consuming it was going to be. So, um, yeah, we went. Well, I, I, yeah, I went on YouTube. Um, and realized that, oh, you can actually, you know, use iMovie, which I already have on my MacBook for free. So um, it was a steep learning process, but the entire time I was feeling more like um, excited because I didn't know that I could actually, you know, create such edits, you know, and it, it was really fun. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things I learned on the go that uh, motivated me to, you know, um, keep on going and, you know, create more like scenes and stuff like that. And it was really fun. Like, I, I think I really enjoyed the whole process. Yeah. So during the process, was there anything that you learned about, you know, yourself or about the, the, the e-commerce journey that you're embarking on? I mean, were there any realizations for you during the process? Mm, I think, yes, I definitely think that, you know, um, there's no need to think about every single detail at the start of whatever that you're doing. Like along the way, you will encounter, you know, some sort of stage where, okay, this is the time where you need to think about how to edit, you know, this scene and insert like a photo or something Th that that's not something that you, you have to think about at, you know, in the early beginning. So, you know, um, I think that's one thing that I learned that, you know, you can always learn on the go and don't overwhelm yourself with too many details at the start. Because if I knew that I had to do all these things, I might feel a little bit discouraged at the start, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of just going with the flow, you know, putting all your effort in and just um, enjoying the whole process. So, mm. So what did you feel when you saw the email that you have won the scholarship? What went through your mind at that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really obvious that I couldn't believe it because I, <laughs> I took half an hour to like just calm down before I replied to your email. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, is this, is this for real? Because I needed to reread the email just once or twice and see that oh I actually did win something is this actually from the Asian seller let me just check again <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah it was a very good um good feeling it was the same day that my um, Amazon account got approved for registration as well because um, as you know that did take some time as well to register my account yeah. okay tell <laughs> us about that story because I yeah. think that is so important for people to hear because just to open your Amazon account took you how long and how many times did you have to go to multiple offices and I mean <laughs> Yeah, if it, were, if it were somebody else, they would have like given up at, you know, the first stage itself. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about all of that experience. And yeah. Okay. So, um, so all this happened maybe back in 
August or September when I decided, okay, I want to open an Amazon account. This should be easy, right? Like, what do I need to collect? What do I need to do? So then I realized, um, okay, so first of all, you would need to have a utility bill um, that reflects, you know, ideally your name on the utility bill of, um, and it shows the address of like where you're operating your business from. So that would be my house. So at that time, um, the address was under my mom's name. So I wanted to just change it to my name so that it'll be easier. And then I was also um, cross-checking with my bank uh, statement as well, trying to see if my address match, right? Um, uh, but okay, I'll just start with the utility bill first. So first of all, um, the name wasn't under my name, so I needed to change that. And the address was not accurate. Like it was... Um, the address that was dated back before they changed the whole um, village's name. Like it was mm. supposed to be Kampong Kilanas, but then it was Kampong Sentol, which was like a, uh, a village that was, uh, the name was created like maybe before I was born. Before yeah, They didn't update it basically. Okay. So, um, first of all, I went to um, the water department to ask for like, you know, uh, an update for my address. And also I wanted them to put in my name, right? Instead of my mom's name. And they're like, okay. And then um, they called me back within two weeks. And then I came and like, um, um, and just just to, you know, um, just to share, you know, usually when we deal with, uh, you know, governments in, in Brunei, um, you know, we would have to write a letter usually and officially write a letter um, to the department to ask for some sort of request. That's usually the norm. You can't really do a lot of requests like online. That's not how things work here. So anyway, I wrote the letter and gave it to them. And then they came back to me after two weeks and, and gave me the address and I looked at it and then there was a lot of like, you know, missing commas and like there's some errors here and there. They didn't spell out, you know, certain street name in full, you know, the numbers were not correct. And, and then I, um, so I needed to go back there and said, hey, can you change this again? Because it's not the address that I wanted. And then um, I, think, I think it was like really... Um, it was, a, it, it, was, it was such a hassle because they didn't want to change at the time. Like I was dealing with another person at the counter and she was like, oh no, you would need to have some sort of, you know, um, approval or something. It, doesn't, it didn't make any sense. Like she was like, oh, you need, you need to pay your bill first and then we'll change your, um, change your you know, um, address uh, and update it. And then, um, oh, actually, no, she, she said that, you cannot change your address because you need to actually get the actual uh, your actual address information from the survey department. Mm. So that's another government entity, right? And so I went over there and I went into the heart of the department where you know it, it was the 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 person who was actually making the changes or on any updates. And she said to me, "Oh, uh, this hasn't been updated in years. So okay, just give me some time to look into this, and then you know I'll update your information." Um, that woman was really fast though because I I got my um, updated information within a week. So I got a new update, brought it to the water department, and then. Um, and then she goes, uh, this is the same person. 
And then she goes, oh, well, um, we still can't do it because you need to uh, do something. I, I, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so angry. I was like, can I just talk to your director? Because like, I, I just want, you know, I just want a little change. I just need you to add a comma and like spell this out in full. Um, you know, I think they got, they got scared because um, they were like, okay, I will just bring you to the person who actually makes the direct changes here. We'll, we'll bring you to her. So they... <laughs> So you actually went to their back office then? Right? I did. I went to the back office. I could see the yeah. files everywhere. I could see like the no entry, only employees, you know, um, signboard. I went into there um, and I actually spoke to the person who was making the direct changes. And I told mm-hmm. her, um, this is how I want it to be. I need, you know, I need you to add the space. I need you to add the comma. I need you to spell it out this way. I need everything to be uppercase, you know, all these little, little things. Yeah. And I, um, the whole time they're just looking at me like, why? <laughs> I go, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, I, I explained to her that, that this was um, mainly for, you know, business, right? And then out, uh, that is going on outside of Brunei. So mo- the moment I said that, they're like, oh, okay. Then they understood. Makes sense. Okay. Um, of course, like along the way, there were, you know, times where they they forgot to add, you know, a word or like a code or something. So I had to um, call them again and get them to change that. The whole process took weeks or even months, actually. Because, months, uh, yeah. So you started yeah. in August, right? Yeah, the whole process, uh, just... yeah, it took months. Wow. So that was for a utility bill. Then um, there was another process, is it? Yeah, because I needed to also submit my bank statement, right? Mm. Um, so with the bank, I guess um, it was slightly easier because I didn't have to go through multiple um, departments. Um, but before I talk about the, uh, the credit card statement, I actually, um, for the utility bill, I forgot I, ha- I had to mention that I actually um, have to also go to the immigration department um, to update my name um, because they wanted to make sure that it was me. They um, basically what I'm trying to say is that at that time, um, whenever you make changes to your, you know, official document, you need to bring your uh, little ID card. Mm-hmm. And so my ID card was not, not uh, the name was not the same as the uh, the name in my passport because they took out my gender word in my passport because at the time the system was not able to contain all the names so they had to cut mm. out some of the um, cut out some uh, well at the Let time us. they cut out my gender name yeah um. so the gender name is something that is um, you know commonly used in um, in Brunei especially for Muslims like. Um, that, that's just another topic, just, just <laughs> another side topic to talk so about. So basically but. you had to go to three different departments multiple times just to get the address for Amazon. And then yeah. the bank is a different one. So. That, that was a different one because when I wanted to change the address with the bank, they're like, oh, we need to see your ID because, you know, um, that will, you know, that will go with, um, with, uh, well, basically it's a verification, you know, process that they need to use. And so I realized my, yeah, my name in my ID is not the same as my name in <laughs> my past. For, so I was like, okay, I need to get, I need to sort all this out. Um, so I went to the immigration, I went to, you know, the labor, uh, Department of Labor, got my name changed, uh, spoke to a couple people, you know, got their phone contact just in case they screw up. <laughs> um, 
went there a couple times. Like um, I was being like persistent, basically. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, everybody was able to, you know, meet my needs, and I was like, okay, finally. So here, right here, I think this is what really defines, you know, a successful Amazon seller. Because even in this Amazon e-commerce business, there's so many roadblocks along the way. There's yeah. so many little things that you will have to deal with, and this kind of determination, this persistence, grit, I think, will really help you go very far um, yeah. in this e-commerce business. So yeah. fantastic. And yeah. so you got all of that, you got your Amazon account approved on the same day that you received the email about the scholarship. Yeah. Right? How yes. cool is that? That's, that was like your lucky day. <laughs> it was my lucky day for sure. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. I guess, yes, it, it did take some time to go over and, you know, sort out the red, red tapes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, within the, within uh, outside of Amazon, basically, because I needed to get my name and address and all that sorted out. But yeah, it's worth worth wow. the battle. <laughs> I know you did it. My gosh, <laughs> what a sense of achievement that must have been. <laughs> so, how did you find Jason's training? Then you attended Jason's training as well uh, last month in January. What did you think about that? Yes, I will say that it was definitely definitely worth my time. Um, it is something that is a game changer, I feel, because um, he has a system to ensure that, you know, um, if you wanted to find a product, then there are certain steps that you need to do to make sure that, you know, it is a viable product. Because um, if I didn't take his class, I, you know, I think there, I know about Amazon selling and how to do product research, but my way of doing things, I think it's a little bit out of, um, it's just a little bit messy, you know, and there's not a, there's not a proper system to do it. So Jason, um, he taught us, you know, a system um, to actually find a product. So I think that is really good because it's based on something analytical and um, based on, you know, um, evidence, basically. Yeah, not proven evidence, but at least like some sort of you know, a substance to show that, okay, maybe this product, um, you know, is um, viable um, for selling and things like that. Yeah, like keyword, uh, keyword search research. volume. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, awesome. And um, so where are you currently in your Amazon journey and what plans do you have for the future now, for the near future? I mean, do you have any products in mind that you want to start yeah. sourcing or have you thought of your brand name like where are you in the journey now um okay so i already have a few products in mind um i just need to sort out the you know ballpark cost estimates and also try to find places to source these items um in terms of branding i'm not there yet because i still want to find out what are the products that i'm sourcing first and also I, you know, um, the first product may not be a success that I know for sure, because, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I'm doing, you know, um, in, if, as a beginner. So I'm just setting a mindset that, you know, if it works great, if it doesn't, that's okay. Like I will take this first attempt as a big learning process, because I realized that when I was doing the product research, there's just so much to 
you know, consider, you know, the size of the product, the colors of the product, you know, what kinds of designs do you want? What kind of suppliers do you want? You know, uh, do you want it custom made or do you want it like um, just something that you buy from Alibaba, things like that. So there's a lot of like variables to take into consideration. So um, I am currently in the, I'm still in the researching phase, but I'm, I am hoping to move on from there soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think product research or, you know, deciding on the product that you want to sell is probably the thing that should take you the maximum the amount longest. of time and you should put in a lot of effort into that for sure. Yeah. So what is your strategy going to be? Are you going to maybe test the product by ordering a, a smaller quantity and then see how it goes? Or um, are you going to like just go all in on a product? Mm. My approach to selling on Amazon is definitely I'm going to do some test. Um, I usually don't prefer buying something in bulk and I don't think I have the means to <laughs> that's why <laughs> but um, I yeah my approach would be to buy a few units test it out and then um, buy more if it's viable and then continue from there and then maybe you know start branding the product um, and then you know buying other kinds of uh, product within the same niche and then moving on from there um, so yeah that's that's my strategy fantastic and are there any other like Amazon sellers or groups or any communities in Brunei that you can be part of? No, not, no. At, the moment. <laughs> not at the moment. Not at the moment, but it's something that I hope that, you know, um, you know, that we, we can, we, by we, I mean me and some other, you know, unknown sellers that I don't know yet, yeah. we could build like a community and actually, you know, learn from each other and like help, you know, each other out in times of need. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be really good. Maybe you can do like the Asian seller Brunei chapter or something over there. If you're if you're gonna allow me to use the word Asian yeah. seller short. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Mm. Yeah, you could do that, sure. And of course, once you can once we can start doing meetups and once we can start traveling, I mean I would love to come there as well. It seems yes. like such a beautiful country in your videos. It, it a is. lot of nature. So yeah, it'd be great to you know visit there. Hopefully we'll oh, be wow. able to start tra traveling soon. I know, right? Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, Farah, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and uh, we will catch up again in maybe the next, you know, six months, eight months. Let's see where you are in your journey and we'll do another follow-up call uh, to see how you've done and, um, you know, how, how fast you reach your seven figures. <laughs> yes. Yes. And if I could just say a few words before, you know, we end sure. the call, I just Absolutely. wanted to say that, yeah, so I want to just uh, say that, you know, life is short mm. and, you know, not a lot of people understand the weight of these words until they have experienced some sort of loss um, of, of someone they love of, or someone they know. So recently I've, uh, you know, I've gone through some sort of loss and, you know, I just wanted to say from, you know, um, from the bottom of my heart that, you know, losing someone taught me that, you know, you shouldn't care about what people think you know, or do things that don't serve you, you know, um, don't, don't sweat the small stuff and really just, you know, live the life that you want, you know, no, at, the, at the end of the day, it's you who make the decision um, for your life and you, you're the one living your life, not others.
Thanks a lot for doing this call That's today. True. Even though you know you have this issue with with um, at, at home and you you have a loss at home, but you're still doing this call over here. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Okay, Farah. So we will stay in touch. I will see you in the Asian Seller Telegram group, and um, yeah, keep us updated on how you're doing. Sure. Thank you so much, Megla. I'll be right. hearing from you soon. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Okay. Bye bye.